so um, this is almost as spontaneous as something on the show can get because legitimately, as I was recording, I was made aware of an Instagram post where Trenton Woodley announced that he has departed Hands Like Houses. Um, you guys can check out that post for the full explanation of what happened, but essentially it's a... Um, a decision that the band came to and not so much trend and i do apologize if this isn't super coherent or it's discombobulated or whatever but i just found out about this so you guys are getting my genuine response and i feel that this is important for me to talk about now because there is a sector of the scene audience specifically younger ones who might not have the full scope of what hands like houses meant to a lot of us back then Unimagine in particular was the album where it just sounded like we had found our future kingpins of the scene per se. Hands Like Houses had everything going for them. And I really mean that guys, everything. The sound, the backing of industry peers, the tour packages that they were on, they had the world in their hands until sadly they didn't anymore. I cannot recommend Unimagine enough to all of you guys listening if that's unfamiliar to you, and even their other albums like Ground Dweller, Dissonance, and Anon. Whatever the future holds for both Trenton and Hands Like Houses, I wish nothing but the best for all parties involved, and also, I am just extremely grateful to have been able to have these albums and songs in my life when I did, because they mean so much to me. Ulterior. Shall I hear about the aliens? Y'all think they would fuck with this show? I kind of do. I feel like I speak alien language in some ways because I just waffle and make no sense and I'm probably like a fucking, you know, otherworldly species to a lot of people out there. Um, that's kind of existential, but regardless, hi, hi, hi. Good morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time it is where you're listening to this, especially to every Bad Omens fan out there, because I uploaded a clip to social media where I talked about Bad Omens going gold on Just Pretend, it was a part of last week's episode, and the Bad Omens fans fucking banged that shit out, dog. I'm at like... 3,500, 3,600 views at this point by the time of this recording, and who knows where it's going to be at when this episode goes live, and I... I've never seen anything like this. I've been in the scene for like two fucking decades now. I genuinely have never seen a fan base this rabid and this dedicated and this batshit crazy if we're keeping it a stack. But I see you and you know what? I fuck with you. But sadly, this episode doesn't have Bad Omens, but if you're here from the Bad Omens video, please stick around because maybe you're going to hear something that you like. So we got brand new singles today by Silent Planet, Until I Wake, Holofront, Holding Absence, and a couple of others I want to talk about, and then brand new records by Jamie's Elsewhere and Johnny Booth. Thank you so much. Thank you for tapping in, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I ain't wasting nobody's time. I want to get right into the singles for the week. And the first one up is by, you guessed it, Silent Planet, Antimatter. Antimatter. 
I'm going to start this review by just upfront saying that I believe wholeheartedly this is the best song that Silent Planet have ever released. With all due respect to their discography that is elite in its own right, I don't think Garrett Russell has ever sounded better vocally. I don't think the ideas that are so unique to Silent Planet's brand have ever been this fleshed out and well mapped out before. The production isn't just on point, it is picture perfect. Antimatter reminds me of some songs like Doomed or Nihilus Blues by Bring Me the Horizon or Sunkiller by Spirit Box. And if you had expressed to me beforehand that those would be the comparisons I'd be drawing to New Silent Planet, I don't know if I could have even imagined the end result being as fucking sensational as it actually is. The pulsating rhythm in the verses act as the soundtrack to Garrett's ominous and addicting vocals, and it's a side of Silent Planet that is quite abstract compared to what they normally do, but it's a risk that I'm glad they took because said risk provided an abundance of rewards and riches. The riff in the chorus is maybe my favorite from any metalcore song this year, and then the screams that come in the second time around complete the concept of antimatter perfectly, and when combining the sick fucking music video, you get one of the most well-presented packages in the scene so far in 2023. Silent Planet shifted modern metalcore with this song. I truly believe that. I am thrilled, beyond words, truthfully, about the new Until I Wake song, Cold. So I have been high on Until I Wake for a bit of time now, ever since hearing their album Inside My Head from last year. I thought it was a stellar release that showed the competence on the part of Until I Wake to deliver quality modern metalcore, and I think they struck even more gold with Cold. Uh, dismissed that that rhymed for some reason. I think there is a real chilling factor in the first verse and how slow it paces itself in building the chorus that hits you directly in the face with this wall of sound that embraces every bit of catchiness within the melodies both instrumentally and vocally here. If I wasn't already sold on Until I Wake beforehand, whether that had been from hearing inside my head or having had the chance to see them live on the album cycle, Cold would have been what did me in finally. And I also want to get into the bridge because that is another area where I feel so elated hearing this song because it scales things back perfectly and allows some piano elements to be mixed into the emotional nature of the song. And by the time Cold finishes, I am left in this state of astonishment with the belief that Until I Wake delivered what might be their best song to date. Brandon Single Out by Holding Absence. It is called Scissors. In some ways, I might be downplaying Scissors by kind of burying it within the singles roundup and reiterating many of the same points that I have before about songs like A False Dawn and A Crooked Melody when I emphasize the emotion poured into this song. But you know what? 
that is the holding absence formula by this point. You give them pen, paper, instruments, and studio time, and they're going to deliver these gut-wrenching anthems each fucking time. I don't know exactly where right now I would place scissors in relation to the other singles for the Noble Art of Self-Destruction, but it's going to be high because of the heaviness that you find with the song that isn't necessarily there on the other singles. It's rampant in its execution, and I think this is a side to holding absence that I would hope was further explored on the rest of the album, which we are all going to listen to together as one big happy sad fucking family on August 25th. Let me gas up True North right quick with their new song, Somewhere New. So I was a bit late to the True North train last year off of their album, Out Loud, which had one of the coolest songs so far this decade in Fix, and the trajectory of that is continued on here through Somewhere New because the energy instilled into this track is so fucking infectious and catchy beyond what I would say a lot of True North's contemporaries are doing right now. I think the chorus is just demanding for a crowd to be in front of this band jumping and screaming, and that's the kind of environment painted within their material that I think does so many wonders for their act altogether and what they achieved through Somewhere New. Not enough of you guys are tapped in right now for True North, and whether that's your fault or not, I am just asking you, please, please, please heed my words and give them a chance because they're on their way right now to being up next. Letting Go is the brand new single out by Holofront. This is one of the final songs that will feature guitarist Dakota Alvarez, who departed Holofront back at the start of the year, I believe it was. And I think this song, Letting Go, gives this immaculate showcase and display of Dakota's abilities, and their abilities that I have always placed at the forefront of what I believe makes Holofront so special. The riffs and melodies on this track fit right in with the elite material that was present on The Price of Dreaming, and there is no loss of the beautiful blend of emotion and raw aggression that Holofront have always been capable of. When I need this song to be ferocious and get me amped up, it does. Just like how when I need it to pull me back down to earth and place me on the verge of tears, it can do that just as well. Every time Holofront does something, I feel like it is this masterclass and a clinic on how to take the stylistic traits of metalcore and without necessarily revolutionizing anything about the genre, still placing yourself at the top of the hierarchy. The final single that I will go into detail on for the episode is by Meet Me at the Altar and it is called Give It Up. I'm just going to be upfront about it. I think a lot of you guys are talking a little bit too sweet on the name right now of Meet Me at the Altar because I see from my perspective some people having 
decided to drop off of the band ever since first hearing past, present, future back in March of this year. And whatever reason you have personally for deciding that Mimi at the Altar is not for you anymore, I respect it. It's your opinion. Everybody is entitled to believe what they want to and feel how they want to and feel whatever it is that is surfacing within them. For myself, though, I fuck with this direction heavily. This song, Give It Up, is part of the deluxe for Past, Present, Future, and I would place this right alongside what I would consider to be the strongest material on that album, and subsequently, one of the strongest songs that Mimi at the Altar have to their discography right now. I think Give It Up finds the perfect balance between the catchiness and the aggression within Meet Me at the Altars act right now. And it's just one of those songs where I hear it and I'm like, I totally understand why this band is in the positions that they are. I understand why they're part of the tour packages that they are. I understand why they have the eyes of the scene and in some ways the world on them right now. And if songs like Give It Up kind of spell the direction for not just the deluxe of past, present, and future, but then what could be coming afterwards, I still have no doubts about this band's future at all. These were the remaining singles from last week that I gave either a 4 or a 5-2 in their views on social media. This is Where the Light Ends by Across the Whitewater Tower, Saints by Bad Love, Darkest Days by Change the World, If You're Lonely by Citizen, Now That I Have Your Attention by Classic Jack, Take Shape by Code Orange featuring Billy Corgan, the Hand That Feeds, which is a Nine Inch Nails cover by Cohen Noise. Obelisk of Hands by Dreamo featuring Logan St. Germain. Passage by Humanity's Last Breath. Feel Me Now by If Not For Me. Better To Be Around by Just Friends. Kamigurai by Gnosis. Hot Girls in Hell by Lolo. Breathing by Magnolia Park featuring Nothing Nowhere. Lies in the Sun by Notions. Marina by Perspectives NY. Knock Off by Poppy. Thank You by Rail Hearts. A Better Way to Bleed by Set the Sun. Tombstone by Splutter, and Body Bag by Windwalkers. There were two songs that got a 3 out of 5, You Betrayed, The Ones You Love by Blind Equation. It's better than the previous single I reviewed, which I really didn't like at all. I think what this one has going for it is that the like 8-bit sound in the background reminds me of Lavender Town from Pokemon. I don't really know why, but it does. And then the cover that the main did for Cruel Summer by Taylor Swift. It's okay. Um, I... I'm a lot more keen on the original material by the main recently as opposed to this one. And truthfully, the Taylor cover cover, the Taylor version, the actual fucking version probably clears, but it's fine regardless. So having gotten through the singles, I will now be looking at the two records from last week. And the first one up is the brand new Jamie's Elsewhere EP called Paradise. So let's get into Jamie's Elsewhere's lore, because it's quite expansive for someone like myself who was around the scene in the early 2010s. The vocalist of Jamie's Elsewhere, if anybody doesn't know by now, is Aaron Pauly, who is also fronting of Mice and Men. Aaron was in Jamie's Elsewhere for their 2010 album, They Said a Storm Was Coming, which is honestly one of my grail albums from that time period. And hearing it alongside the releases from that year, like... Pierce the Veil, Sleeping of Sirens, Motionless and White, and coincidentally of Mice and Men, 
I thought they were hooping just as hard as them. And they had tours with Before the Rise, Greeley Estates, Memphis Mayfire, and pretty much like a sea of who's who in that year. They said A Storm Is Coming generally has some of the best metalcore and crabcore adjacent songs from that era that I got to listen to. And then it kind of, um, I don't want to say it falls apart, but it definitely takes some detours and speed bumps. There was some inability to keep a stable lineup because people were coming and going. They left their label, Victory Records, and then Aaron was a touring member of Mice and Man in place of Shaylee, and then subsequently became a full-time member still to this day. Uh, Jamie's Elsewhere brought on Justin Kyle for vocals, and he was on the 2014 album Rebel Revive, which I think is just okay. Like, I really can't place it in the same bracket or conversation as they said a storm is coming, and maybe others felt that same way because the band broke up a year later, and personally, I didn't really feel like I had lost anything. Um, and maybe that's just because I thought that Jamie's Elsewhere had set this immeasurable bar for themselves with They Said A Storm Is Coming, and it was okay that they didn't reach that again. And I feel like that's kind of what my take on this new material by them is predicated on somewhat. And I say somewhat because when Jamie's Elsewhere came back in 2020 and they dropped The Soil and the Seed as their comeback single, brother, I was fucking pumped. Like, I remember sitting in my room on that December morning, hearing the song when it released, and just feeling this insane level of triumph and victory, because I believed at the time, and still to this day, that the soil and the seed is just as good as the best material on They Said a Storm Is Coming. Stylistically, sure. It's very different from their metalcore material, and it is rooted in alt-rock more than anything else, and it probably does just give Cold World, but with better production. But you know what? I'll fuck with that. To me, the soil and the seed rules, and I was of the belief that as long as I could get one song, just one song, from Paradise that I could put alongside the soil and the seed, I would be fine. And I did indeed get that because there's a song on here called Avatar that I am fucking addicted to. I think there was a lot of life to the progression of that song between the heavy verses and then the sing-along chorus, which to me is the biggest channeling of This Set of Storm is Coming on this EP. And Avatar specifically sounds like the natural progression of the band. Like to me, it totally sounds like what I would close my eyes and envision Jamie's Elsewhere standing for in 2023. And then the rest of the sections of the EP that I'm into, it's not so much that they remind me of old Jamie's Elsewhere, but they just kind of show the capabilities on the part of everybody involved. Like, I think this title track has this cool Armageddon or dystopian type of a feel to it, and one of the best parts of it, for myself at least, is the layering of Aaron's screams over this kind of muffled effect on his cleans, and it's just like a really cool dynamic that I think helps complete the shape of Paradise in a great way. I also think the closing song, Separate Me, is another high point. I really like how that song doesn't really have like a defined intro, and it just gets right into it. The chorus gives off this two-step rhythm that I... God, I fuck with that stuff so much, guys. Like, that sort of, like, throwback style, or at least what I perceive as throwback, 
is so OP whenever a band can pull it off like Jamie's elsewhere here. And then the other two tracks, Escapist and Poisoning Eden, I do like them. And I do think that as their own entities, they're good songs. But just when I put them against uh, Title Track, Avatar, and Separate Me, there's not really a comparison that I can draw. Like, they're good songs, but just something about, like, the delivery kind of misses the point in, in some ways. And, you know, maybe that's not just, like, me factoring in Jamie's Elsewhere, but also factoring in what I know Aaron is capable of on Of Mice and Men. And so when I hear a song that he's a part of, you know, bat like a, like a 75 or an 80%, it's a little bit of a disappointment. But again, like this is still quality material all around. And so at the very least, there are songs here that I can take with me and say, this is what I come to Jamie's Elsewhere for. And then there are some moments that I'm probably going to forget about later on, but as an entire package for a Jamie's Elsewhere release in 2023, I still got a pretty good outing here and something that I believe the band and anybody who's been championing for them for the last 13 years should be proud of. And for the final record of the episode, we have Moments Elsewhere by Johnny Booth. I will admit that I can't really give as descriptive of a history lesson with Johnny Booth as I just did with Jamie's Elsewhere because I wasn't tapped in for much of their work prior to Moments Elsewhere. I was definitely aware of the name Johnny Booth, but without a platform like Ulterior that sort of demands that I pay extra close attention to the scene, I didn't think there was a great incentive for me to really get into them. So I didn't come into Moments Elsewhere blind to Johnny Booth, but I was probably blind to their talent. And that's part of what made Full Tilt so successful of a single in my eyes, because I remember talking about that song a few months ago, and I was blown away by it. I wasn't expecting it to hit as hard as it did, but that's the reality I faced, and getting to revisit it as part of Moments Elsewhere... I genuinely cannot get enough of this. From the jingle in the first 30 seconds to the way that the rest of the band just comes in full force unapologetically after that, and then the shifts that it takes throughout its duration, I am probably of the mindset right now that Full Till is my favorite song currently, not just on this album, but in the whole scene. Not that it's better than any song in the world right now, but I am not sure. If there is any song that I enjoy listening to more right now, or brings me as much euphoria as Full Tilt. And I kind of want to expand most of that statement and notion to the rest of the album, because what I think Johnny Booth accomplished was the execution of a flawless record that speaks so much to what I think metalcore and hardcore should embody in 2023. And you can take the intro song 2040 as a great example of that because it is unrelenting, it is brutal and chaotic, and just this very flavorful showcase of Johnny Booth's abilities and it gets you directly in the right frame of mind for the rest of the moments elsewhere. There's no way that I can imagine hearing songs like Collapse in the Key of Fireworks or Only by Name and not just feel like destroying everything around you, with respect of course. But still, vandalism for the love of the game and the love of what Johnny Booth is cooking. And 
since I mentioned only by name, I think that song shows off how unique the band can sound and the kinds of chances that they were willing to take because there is a break in the middle of the song that scales the sound back and it reminds me of what the Devil Wears Prada have done on the act in Color Decay. Um, there are two other songs that I want to single out because they do have kind of different personas from the rest of the record just in terms of who and what they remind me of. Why Becomes How gives me this big two-way mirror by low vibe and feel to its delivery and progression and I think it's cool as fuck to get to hear a band like Johnny Booth not just attempt this style but also body it in the process. And then there is Bright Future which is another huge favorite of mine on the album currently. Um, This is going to sound fucking weird I'm aware but the tone I got from this song was if My Chemical Romance made a metalcore song, it has that kind of catchiness to it with the stylings Johnny Booth still infuse, and I thought it was a great formula that made for a super memorable track. And I feel like these comparisons I'm drawing, you can hear this record and take those examples into your own directions, because it's almost open-ended, the way that you can look at moments elsewhere. But what is very on the dot and precise is the calamity within this act, and it is a controlled calamity that manages to bring every idea in it back into the center of the universe by the time modern dialogue finishes as the closer. I have listened to this album so many times the last few days, and each time I feel like I discover something new about it and unearth a new additional reason to admire moments elsewhere the way that I do. I think Johnny Booth delivered a perfect album that I will not be able to forget about anytime soon, and I cannot wait to hear it again and again and again for the rest of this year and the next few years and my life altogether, because that is how long I expect this album to stick with me. And that's it. That was every album and EP and single from last week for me to review, and we're getting into some very crazy times guys uh this show is approaching chapter 100 which is fucking ridiculous and ass nine to even think about like if you had told me when i was sitting in my room during a fucking snowstorm in texas recording episode one on a shitty ass microphone that i would one day be at 100 weekly episodes i would have just fucking i don't even know man uh that shit is crazy and it's a good time to reach 100 because we're getting into that part of the season, that part of the year, where every week it's just album after album and great band after great band just delivering quality fucking material. And we're going to see it soon with Holding Absence and The Word Alive and maybe Escape the Fate. That is fucking crazy, guys. Escape the Fate is good again. I hate that. But it, it's going to be a good fucking time soon, guys. And... I hope you are tapped in. I hope you're listening along and following along, whether that be through this show on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Deezer, wherever else I'm uploading it that I don't know about. Um, the TikToks, the Instagram reels, please tap into those because they're great work in my opinion. I truly believe in that content. And yeah, we're close to that final strict of the year, which is weird to say, but you know, it happens. Time flies. It be what it be. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, for the love of the game, let's make a scene.